Greetings, 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 beloved, in the matchless, marvelous, majestic, and magnanimous name of the Lord Jesus. Good Tuesday morning to each and every one of you. I am certainly grateful and thankful that we have this opportunity to once again gather for another walk through the Word of God, our final Bible study for year 2023. Um, we are certainly grateful and thankful that God has blessed us to see this much of another year and has brought us to this moment where, as we do each year in December, we take some time to spend time with family and friends uh, on the cusp of a new year, getting ready to dive back into the word of God. Uh, we have a very interesting and a very informative, a very inspiring lesson today as we are wrapping up our lesson on the standards of spiritual life and living from the book of Leviticus chapters 13, 14, and 15. I pray now that you have your study material, that you are ready to dive in, and uh, I pray that you have the lesson handout, you're ready to walk through God's word with us together. But before we begin, as always, we take a moment to pray and seek God's guidance and God's direction as we walk through his word together. So now I ask you, join me now. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, we come before you now telling you thank you, Lord, for another day that you've blessed us to see. Thank you for our lives that you're blessing us to enjoy. Thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, and your love toward us. God, you've been so good. You've been so kind. You've been so merciful. And for that, we want to tell you thank you. We say thank you, God, for all that you've done. Thank you for what you are doing. And now, God, as I prepare to stand before you people to teach your word, I ask as always, God, for clarity of speech, clarity of thought. I want to be found rightly dividing your word to your people. I pray that everything that is done and said is totally to your glory and never to your shame. It's all about thee, God, and not about me. And for that, I say thank you. This is my prayer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. To God be all the glory, to God be all of the honor, and uh, we are certainly grateful and thankful to have the opportunity to be together. Uh, we have been walking through these standards of physical life and living, physical health and living, uh, we looked at with chapters 10, 11, and 12, and then we continued in this vein of healthy, happy, whole living. Uh, whereas we dealt with the physical piece, we've been for the last couple of weeks dealing with the spiritual side, the spiritual health, spiritual healing, spiritual happiness, spiritual wholeness. Um, we have basically talked about sin, um, understanding how sin deals with mankind. We've talked about what sin is like and how God wants us to deal with it. Um, there are three words that we have really walked through in this particular passage of scripture. We've talked about health, hygiene, and holiness. Uh, we began that going all the way back to chapter 10. Um, health, hygiene, and holiness, making sure that we were living healthy, make sure that we were eating healthy, make sure that we kept our spirits healthy. And so in chapters 13 and 14 for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about that. We talked about sin in relation to leprosy. 
We've talked about the fact that during these Bible days, during these times, leprosy was considered an incurable disease by man. But we talked about last week that how through God's grace and mercy, man could show himself to the priest and be found and declared clean um, to return to normal civilization. Remember we said last week that it had nothing to do with medicine, but more about the miraculous power of God's grace and mercy that is extended to us because we choose to walk in obedience. Remember last week we talked about the fact that salvation is a process that was done totally by sacrifice. Salvation is a process that is done totally by sacrifice. For us, Jesus sacrificed his life and gave his life, became a vessel of clay. We talked about that last week and died through the refreshing of the Holy Spirit was resurrected, giving us as mankind the opportunity to be clean from the leprosy we know as sin. We talked about how we are brought into a right relationship with God um, after sin through Jesus Christ. As we accept him as Lord and Savior of our lives, he becomes, the Bible describes him as the propitiation for sin. He becomes the payment. He becomes the one that steps in on our behalf and covers us. So last week we talked about that. We dealt with the fact that um, the process, if you will, for a leper to be cleansed, meaning that he had to go, the priest rather, had to go to him because the leper could not come into the camp, let alone the tabernacle. The priest went to him, declared him clean. Once the priest declared him clean, a sacrifice was offered. After that sacrifice was offered, the leper was cleansed. He went through two cleansing processes to basically remove himself from his old nature and be brought back into a newness of life. And then we said that once that was done, we wrapped up last week talking about the sacrifices um, that the leper made. And I believe I shared this with you, uh, but if not, I will share it with you now. It's amazing to me to note that the priest treats the leper as a priest. If you would remember some of the same meals, some of the same offerings that the leper had to offer to be returned to normal life and living in a new life were the same offerings that were offered by Aaron and his sons during their ordination earlier in the book of Leviticus. What does that say to us? That basically says to us that when we are restored in our relationship with God, God no longer holds our past over our heads. That's an amen moment right there. God no longer holds what we used to do or how we used to do or where we used to be. He no longer holds that over our heads. The word of God through the apostle Paul, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He is a new creation. The old things have passed away and behold, all things have become brand new. So in today's lesson, we're going to take a look at the 15th chapter of uh, the book of Leviticus. There are 33 verses there 
And for the brevity of time, I will not read um, every verse. I pray that you have done so already. Um, But if not, please take the time to read chapter 15. I want to spend the time talking about how this continues, this process of clean and unclean comes into, watch this, what comes out of us. Remember the word of God says that it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out of a man that defiles him. What is the discharge? And so in today's lesson, as we look at chapter 15, the subject of clean and unclean is covered by what they should do for discharges from men and women. What should and should not be done. You know, we got to deal with that. We've got to talk about that. And you're going to see a lot of repetition in chapter 15 uh, from previous lessons that we've looked at. But there is one word that I really want to deal with um, in this particular portion. Portion part number three, uh, Roman numeral number three from the handout deals with health and hygiene uh, and holiness being seen in how man deals with his sanctity, his sanctity, all right? When we think about his sanctity, there is one word that I need us to really see and hold on to in relation to today's lesson. That one word is the word issue, issue, issue. We want to talk about issue and talk about our issues. I want to deal with it from a biblical aspect, but then if you would allow me, I want to talk about issues from a life application point of view. Uh, So let's deal with that. And let's make sure that if you don't hear anything else I say today, beloveds, please make sure that you hear this point. It's letter A under Roman numeral number three. It is making sure that we understand that God stands ready to purify us from our issues. God stands ready. All right. Now, we've already dealt with the principle of clean and unclean. We've already talked about the principle of clean and unclean. We've already made sure that we understand that if someone touches it, whatever they touch, they make it unclean. All right. We see that in verses two through 15 of chapter 15, the people that they contact with are unclean and they would remain unclean until the evening. We talked about that already um, in earlier chapters. All right. The thing that I want to sort of deal with here for a moment, and I think I'm going to go ahead and just dive in right there. Let's go back, if you will. Thank you, technology. Uh, Let's go back to verse number uh, 13, 13, verse 13. Let's go there and uh, let's let's see what the word of God has to say. I want to deal with that. Verse 13 says, and when the one with a discharge is cleansed of his discharge, then he shall count for himself seven days for his cleansing and wash his clothes and he shall bathe his body in fresh water and shall be clean. And on the eighth day, he shall take two turtle doves or two pigeons and come before the Lord to the entrance of the tent of meeting and give them to the priest. And the priest shall use them, one for a sin offering, the other for a burnt offering, 
and the priest shall make atonement. Y'all see that? For him before the Lord for his discharge. Let's keep going. If a man has an emission of semen, he shall bathe his whole body in water and be unclean until the evening. And every garment and every skin on which the semen comes shall be washed with water and be unclean until the evening. If a man lies with a woman and she has an emission of semen, both of them shall bathe themselves in water and be unclean until the evening. Let's keep going real quick. When the woman has a discharge and the discharge in her body is blood, she shall be in her menstrual impurity for seven days. And whoever touches her shall be unclean until the evening. And everything on which she lies during her menstrual impurity shall be unclean. Y'all see it there? Everyone also on which she sits, everything also on which she sits shall be unclean. And whoever touches her bed, look at this y'all, shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. Now, I read that particular portion because did you all not notice here, whereas in earlier passages of scripture, when a woman was unclean, she was sent outside the camp. But here, this particular point, the man is not. Simply because here's the thing that I need us to hold on to. We are still dealing with ceremonialism. This particular passage, this particular piece deals with the ceremony how we are presenting ourselves before God. Are we presenting ourselves in such a way that God is glorified? Are we presenting ourselves in such a way that he is pleased with our life and our living? And that's the piece that I want to sort of deal with for the time that is mine to share today. All right. Can I take a moment to deal with the word issue? Let's deal with the word issue, issue, issue from the Hebrew point number two, uh, letter, letter B under point number three, an issue in Hebrew means a flow of liquid discharged from the body. That's what an issue is. We talked about that. If you remember in New Testament, we talked about the woman with the issue of blood. Basically, for 12 years, she had 12 years, a menstrual cycle that never stopped. Now, I know, ladies, you know, I already know, I feel y'all. Um, medically, women only last about, they go a period of 28 days, and then they go through this cycle. We understand that. Not going to bore us with that. But the reality of it is, is that in this particular passage of Scripture, in Leviticus chapter number 15, the word issue appears some 24 times. It means a flow of liquid, whether it's water by na in nature or a fluid discharged from the human body. According to verses 16 through 18, verses 25 through 30, as we talk about it, the discharge can be natural. Semen for men, um, blood for women. Or it can be unnatural. But either way, according to the law of God, it was considered unclean and it had to be dealt with according to God's law. All right. 
In verses 1 through 15, you deal with unnatural male discharges. In verses 16 through 18, we deal with the natural male discharge. In verses 19 through 24, you deal with the natural female discharges. And then in verses 25 through the end of the chapter, you're dealing with unnatural uh, female discharges. Whatever the discharge was, it was an issue. And it was an issue that needed to be dealt with. All right. What we are seeing in chapter 15 is God's concern for our personal hygiene. All right. But the main thrust here is that we must also be found practicing personal sanctity. All right. In other words, what we're seeing here is whereas in chapters 13 and 14, we've been dealing with leprosy and how leprosy caused a man to be isolated and separated from civilization and how leprosy was a reflection of the sin of mankind. It served as a reflection of what sin does to mankind spiritually. Sin isolates us from God. Sin separates us from God. It is here that we are now seeing in chapter 15 that sometimes we have to deal with our issues that can defile us and defile others, which gives me a good time to make sure that you understand that when I use that word issue, I'm not just talking about the discharges from the physical sense or from the biblical sense but even from a practical or a life application sense, what is it that is being discharged from you or from us that could cause more harm than good? If I were to make it practical, what is it that flows from you? Is it helpful? Is it hurtful? Is it natural? Is it unnatural? That's the whole point that we're looking at in today's lesson. That's the whole piece that we're looking at, all right? But here's the thing that I want to make sure that you understand. Letter C from the handout is to make sure that we see that these regulations are not suggestions from men. These regulations basically lets us know that they are commandments from God. This is what God said. All right. In verses uh, 31 through 33, we see that it is ever so clear. We see it there because those verses tell us that God's regulations. What did God require? God required that the Israelites keep themselves from being unclean. They needed to see that their sanctity of body sanctity of their lives and their living were just as important as their holiness or their worship to God. Make it live, pastor. Here it is. Here's the revelation that I need us to see, catch a hold to, and never lose sight of, beloveds. Here it is. In every area of our lives, physically, spiritually, financially, emotionally, Mentally, in every area of our lives, God is concerned about our well-being. 
God is concerned about our health and our healthiness. God is concerned about us living happy, healthy, and whole. There are so many scriptures that we can find in the word of God, but the best one to sum it all up is 3 John verse 2. 3 John, the third epistle of John, verse 2. And we got time. Let's go there real quick. Go all the way to the back of the New Testament, back there with Jude and the book of Revelation, and you will find the third epistle of John. Look at what John said in his greeting. In the third epistle of John, look at verse number two. Verse number two. Verse number two. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Y'all see it? See the concern? Let me keep reading. For I rejoice greatly when brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in truth. Verse four, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Truth is not something. Truth is someone. I rejoice greatly when my brothers came and testified to your truth that you are walking in truth. Jesus said he was truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. God is concerned about every area of our lives and our living. I want to say that again. God is concerned about every area of our lives and our living. So when we deal with our issues, when we deal with flows out of us, we must be also careful. We must be also careful that we are not transmitting something toxic that could cause our brothers and our sisters to be unclean. Amen. 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 Second Timothy chapter two, verses 16 and 17. The word of God tells us to avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. NIV version says their teaching will spread like gangrene. What what's coming out of us, beloved? What is discharging from us? Are we discharging help? Are we discharging healing? Or are our issues causing more harm than good? So throughout this, this passage of scripture, basically what we have seen here is by the goodness of the Lord, even with medical issues, medical discharges, whether they were natural or unnatural, God allows opportunities for mankind to be cleaned, to be cleansed to get back into a right relationship, all right? By the goodness of the Lord, with unnatural male discharges, you read it there in the first 15 verses, the man with a discharge could get well. He had to wait a week and like the cleansed leper, wash himself and his clothes. But on the eighth day, he would present a sin offering, a burn offering, because and because his bodily discharge was not as serious as leprosy, it was not as expensive of a sacrifice. Y'all see it there, right? It's it. He basically is to bring 
uh, two birds, two turtle doves, two pigeons before the entrance of the meeting. I'm at verse 14 and offer it to the priest. And the priest would use one for a sin offering, the other for a burnt offering, and the priest would make atonement. I cannot wait to deal with chapter 16 because that's going to bring it all into one piece. He will make atonement before him before for his discharge. Verse 16 through 18 deals with the natural discharge, the discharge of semen. And we've already read it. Verses 19 through 24 talks about the female discharge. All right. Then we get into verse 25 through 23, where he talks about the woman's unnatural discharge. Okay. Everything she touched. If y'all remember this, let's go back to the gospel. I referred to it earlier, but let me talk about it. Y'all remember in, in the Bible where it says the woman had the issue of blood for 12 years. All right. Everything she touched in that crowd, y'all, was defiled according to Old Testament law. All right. She went from doctor to doctor trying to find healing, never found healing. But the Bible says she came in contact with Jesus and the word of God says that she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Now, here's the piece that we don't often talk about with that. Do you all not realize that according to Old Testament tradition and Old Testament ceremony, she was not supposed to touch Jesus because she was unclean. Everybody she touched in that crowd was defiled. All right. So when she touched Jesus's garment by the Leviticus, pre, the Leviticus writing, she also defiled Jesus. But instead of being dealing with the law, once again, we see grace and mercy being brought to pass. Why? He did not hold her past over her head. All right. Look at what he did. He turned around and gave her new life when he said, somebody touched me. Lord, I got to preach this real soon. Somebody touched me. And the disciples were saying to Jesus, you know, all of these folks standing around you, all of these folk pushing upon you, everybody close to you. And you talking about somebody touched me. No, Jesus said, I know somebody touched me because that that perception, that that spirit, that virtue has gone out of me. See, here's what happened when the virtue went out of Christ. Healing took place. Somebody missed a revelation and I just got excited right there because really talk, think about it now. Think about it. What came out of Christ, the Messiah, the healer brought healing and restoration to the woman that dealt with the issue that was supposed to have been a seven day waiting period. Amen. See, see what am I saying to us here? Here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm trying to make live to us here. People of God with everything of our lives being under the control of God with Jesus being concerned about every area of our lives, we've got to be grateful and thankful 
that he does not show us the judgment that we deserve. I think about my grandfather, the late Deacon Paul Burse, who used to always pray, God, I thank you that I live in a cool world and a Bible country where I can hear your gospel ring from shore to shore. Because if justice had plumbed the line, we all would be graveyard sons and daughters. But I thank you for your grace. Anybody thankful for grace today? Anybody thankful for mercy today? That even though you deserve one thing, God gives you something else. Even though you deserve death, God gives you life. That's what we're talking about when we talk about health, hygiene, and holiness being found in how we deal with our sanctity, personal sanctity. How strong are you in dealing with your issues? Are you dealing with your issues? Are you finding yourself walking in holiness? All right. Now, let me say this real quick. God, I got to say this. Help me, Holy Spirit, to say it. There is a difference between holiness and perfection. Amen. God never required for us to be perfect, but he did call for us to be holy. Holy simply means that I've got to make sure that I am presenting myself in a way that brings glory and honor to him, that brings respect to him for who he is. Holiness basically says that I'm going to make sure that my life is a living representative and example of his goodness and his grace. Does it say we always make the mark? God, no. Does it say we always get it right? God, no. But aren't you glad that he does not hold it over your head? These regulations, these regulations for personal sanctity were not just suggestions from men. They were holy commandments from God. And according to verses 31 through 33, it was a serious thing to disobey them. Let's jump down that far and let's look at those three verses real quick. Leviticus chapter 15. Let's look at verses 31, 32, and 33. This is God's word. God says, thus, you shall keep the people of Israel separate from their uncleanness, lest they die in their uncleanness by defiling my tabernacle that is in their midst. This is the law for him who has a discharge and for him who has an emission of semen becoming unclean thereby. Also for her who is unwell with her menstrual impurity, that is for anyone, male or female, who has a discharge and for the man who lies with the woman who is unclean. These are not suggestions. These were not suggestions. According to verse 31, for an unclean person to go to the tabernacle, they defile the tabernacle and they invite judgment. Mm -hmm. God warned the Israelites in Leviticus chapter 15, verse 24, that a violation of that law would cause them to be cut off from the people. It's also found in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 18. Now, whether cut off meant death 
or meant isolation, we don't really know. But the penalty, either way, is serious. Amen. Now, this is where, watch what I'm about to say, the line has been drawn between the Old and the New Testament. Because according to uh, scripture, let me share this with you real quick, and then I'm going to dive into something, and then we will be done for today. The violations of God's command, letter D under the handout. Let's deal with that real quick. All right. We've already dealt with it. Point number one, number one under letter D, the violation of God's command for human sanctity of life is found in the fact that we defile the tabernacle and the judgment. Mm -hmm. We defile it. Verse 31, you shall keep them separate from their uncleanness lest they die in their uncleanness by defiling the tabernacle and the judgment. Death has already been, if we approach God and approach God's holiness any kind of way, we are going to pay a penalty. The wages of sin is death. But aren't you glad he didn't stop there? The gift of God, hallelujah, is eternal life. Now, here's the thing for us today, beloved. The thing for us today is that we don't live under the threat of judgment. And I'm going to share that with you. I'm going to share two passages of scripture here with you in just a moment. and We'll wrap up. We've already talked about number two, that they would be cut off from among the people. Let's look at it real quick. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 18. Leviticus chapter 20. Verse 18, I'm going to read it. If a man lies with a woman during her menstrual period and uncovers her nakedness, he has made naked her fountain and she has uncovered the fountain of her blood. Both of them shall be cut off from among the people, whether it was death or separation. God basically says, I need you to make sure that you are presenting yourself holy. Don't allow your issues to toxify those you come in contact with. Amen. Sometimes we got to be honest with ourselves and each other. If I can make this practical and then I'm going to reference. As a matter of fact, go ahead and turn there with me. First Corinthians chapter 11. Turn there with me while I make this point. We are living in a time now where we have to be oh so careful of everything we do, we say, and we think as it relates to God's temple, God's power, God's presence. Are we making sure that every area of our lives are bringing confession and consecration to God? Are we making sure that every area of our lives shows that even though I am imperfect, I'm striving every day to be a little bit better. I wanna be a little bit better today than I was yesterday. And if I can strive to be a little bit better tomorrow than I was today, then I'm grateful for the faithfulness of God that according to Lamentations chapter three, I am a recipient of new mercies every day. Amen. Amen. First, first Corinthians chapter 11, where we see where God's people today don't live under the threat of the judgment of the Old Testament. But we understand that there is a sin unto death. 
Let's look at it. First Corinthians chapter number 11. First Corinthians chapter number 11. Let's look at verse number 30. Yeah. First Corinthians. Remember, this is that place where he talks about the Lord's Supper. Go back with me. Let's go back to verse 27. Wherefore, therefore, whoever, therefore, eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. For that cause, verse 28, let a person examine himself and then let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. Did y'all see that? Did y'all see that? If we eat and drink of the Lord's body and the Lord's blood and know that there's an issue we need to deal with, know we have come against someone, know there is an issue that is causing us to be spiritually unclean. Mm. If you've done something, said something, thought something, reacted or acted in a way that did not represent Christ without examining yourself and seeking forgiveness, you're missing the mark. Amen. Can't help but think about a situation I encountered recently with a young lady. Young lady and her husband were here talking with us and we were dealing with some issues of life. And in the middle of the conversation, she stopped and she said, Pastor, can I, can I just go to the altar for a moment? Can I go to the altar for a moment? And immediately because I was dealing with the husband and a wife, I said, sure, take your husband with you and you all go and approach God's throne. Go, go and approach God together. She said, no, no, no. She said, I need to deal with something for me and I need to go and approach God for me. Y'all, she said something to me that moment that ministered to me. And it helped me to understand that oftentimes when we approach God's throne, we approach God's business, we approach God's word, we approach God's work, we've got to come before it right. We got to approach it right. And if you approach it right, God will bless it. Sometimes we've got to allow God to deal with us. You know, it's easy in our culture to see what's wrong with others. But can you take a moment to stop and see what's wrong with you? Amen. Amen. Look at what he says. Look at what he says. Anyone who eats or drinks without discerning the body eats or drinks judgment on himself. Verse 30. That is why many are weak and ill among you and some have died. But if we judge ourselves truly, we would not be judged. Why? When we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. I'm not under the threat of judgment as the nation of Israel was, but there ought to be something that ought to cause me to keep myself in check. Beloved, that's the sanctity of life. Are you keeping yourself in check with the issues that you're dealing with? Are you keeping yourself in check, all right, with the areas of life that you're walking through? 
Are you keeping yourself in check? Are you making sure that every area of your life brings glory and not shame to the name of the Lord? Which leads me to the last piece of this lesson. Let's deal with some life applications. How does this lesson apply to us today? There are four things that I need us to see in closing. Four things, four things. Number one, I need us to see that there is no area in our lives that God should be excluded from. No area in our lives God should be excluded from. He created us. He made us. We are made in his image and in his likeness. There should be no area in our lives from which God is excluded. And number two, letter B, every relationship is under his control. Every area of our lives is under God's control. Are we submissive to him? Are we surrendering to him? Are we giving ourselves totally to him? Every relationship is under God's control. Can y'all imagine what would happen if some of our if we put some of our marriages under God's control? Can y'all imagine what would happen in our churches if we would put some relationships with our brothers and sisters under God's control? Can y'all imagine how much confusion would actually die if we learn, tell it like I feel it, JT, if we would learn how to keep our hands, our thoughts, and our mouths off of situations and learn how to leave it in the hands of the Lord. That's what I'm trying to drive to us today. That's the point that I believe this lesson is trying to get to us today. There is no area in our lives where God should be excluded. Every relationship in our lives should be under God's control. Bishop Neil Ellis once said that we need to learn to pray and ask God to strengthen our ability to discern and ask God to show us those things, those situations, and even those people in our lives that came from hell. And then ask God to give us the strength, Bishop Ellis said, to send it back to hell where it came from. Amen. Third thing we need to see. Third thing we need to see. Confession brings consecration. The word of God is very clear. Be holy as I am holy. That's what God calls for us. God calls for us to walk in true holiness. And fourth and finally, let us never forget that sin and disobedience to God is serious. There is a price that will be paid when we sin and we disobey God. But here's the good news, beloved. Thank God for grace. Thank God for mercy, that God is always willing to give us another chance, even after we mess up. If you confess your sins, you know what the word of God says? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And thus we have wrapped up lesson four, the standards for spiritual health and healing, spiritual life and living, health, hygiene, 
and holiness is found in how we deal with our sin, how we deal with our salvation, and how we deal with the sanctity, the importance of keeping our lives holy before God. And as always, beloved, as we come to the close of our time of sharing today, if you have any questions uh, from today's lesson from Leviticus chapter number 15, I invite you to drop those questions in the comment section. I am behind the scenes um, in both of our lessons today. So if you have any questions, by all means, drop them in the comment section and uh, we will see your question and we'll be found answering your question to the best of our ability. When we return in January, January the 9th, when we return, we will dive into chapter number 16. And in chapter number 16, we're going to talk about the Day of Atonement. The most important day of the year for the Old Testament Jew is known as the Day of Atonement, or what we know now as Yom Kippur when God graciously forgives mankind for all the sins and gives man a brand new beginning. That's going to be an awesome time of sharing in the word of God. Don't forget, beloveds, this is our last Bible study, Old Testament Bible study for year 2023. We wrapped up uh, New Testament last Thursday, so there will be no New Testament Bible study this Thursday. Um, we're going on break and we look forward to being back with you January the 9th uh, for Old Testament and January the 11th for the New Testament. It's going to be an exciting time to walk through the word of God. It's going to be an exciting time to share in the word. Uh, don't forget when we return in January, we'll dive into Leviticus chapter 16 um, in the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, we're going to begin a walk through 1st and 2nd Timothy, uh, Paul's letter to his spiritual son, Timothy, the two letters uh, to his spiritual son, Timothy. And we're going to discuss from the subject lessons for the local church. It's going to be a very powerful uh, teaching series in the New Testament, and I would that you would connect with us there. Don't forget the New Testament Word Walk podcast is up and running and I'm excited about that. Uh, we're going to provide some links to you very soon as to how you can begin to connect. Um, if you have access to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, um, all of the podcasting major markets, if you have access to them via your smartphone or your tablet, all you have to do is pull up New Testament Word Walk with Pastor Jay. And make sure that you subscribe so that each time the lesson is completed, you'll receive a notification and you can go back and listen to them um, as often as you would like, whenever you like. In the way of announcements, beloved, let's not forget the other meetings and other announcements as they take place this week. Um, do not forget on tomorrow, 12 noon, midday prayer from 12 until 1 um, to St. James Men, our brotherhood is meeting on tomorrow evening at six o'clock, male chorus will rehearse tomorrow at 7 p.m. Um, as we get ready for worship and celebrating uh, our, and praising our God together. I'm excited to announce this coming Sunday, we've got a very special guest 
coming to share with us in worship. I'm privileged to let you know that our friend and our brother, the president of the Eastern North Carolina Ministerial Alliance in the person of Bishop Shelton Daniel will be our preacher this coming Sunday morning. Uh, very special guest. We're excited to have him come and share with us. And I would that you would make plans to be in attendance in worship this coming Sunday. We're going to have a good time in the name of the Lord. Let's remember all those who are sick, the afflicted, the careless, the unconcerned, families whose hearts are sad and bereavement. Keep them in your thoughts and in your prayers. Let's pray now a word of closing prayer um, to those of you who are joining us virtually across God's great globe. I'm sure we will not see you, but on behalf of myself, the first lady and the entire St. James Missionary Baptist Church family, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and a very most prosperous new year. We look forward to greater in 24. My slogan is I'm going after more in 2024. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we say thank you now for this opportunity and this privilege to stand before your people and expound on your word. God, I pray that everything that I have said, everything that has been taught, everything that has been expounded upon has been to the glory of your name and to the upbuilding of your people. God, help us to live lives that bring glory and not shame to your name. Help us, oh God, to be found walking in newness of life letting our light so shine before men that they will see our good works and know how to give you glory for all that you do. God, as we continue through this holiday season, we remember those who are dealing with emotional struggles, those whose family members are defending the country. Their family members will not be with them at Christmas time. God, give them peace that passeth all understanding. And God, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. This is my prayer. I offer it now in the name of he who was, he who is, and he who is to come. Our Lord and Savior Jesus, we pray and we praise. Amen, amen, and amen. God's blessings be upon all of you is our prayer. Happy holidays to all of you. Would love to see you in worship on Sunday, but until January the 9th, when we return for Bible study, be blessed, be safe, and know as always, beloved, we love you all.